Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. What's going on, people? Welcome to the post-game numbered crunch. As usual, I'm your host, Jake Painting, creator of the House and Growls Timbles newsletter, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by Canis Hoopus and SB Nation. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. I am just letting you guys know that I will be away for the next game against Miami, as I won't be celebrating Christmas, but I will be on a plane on my way to vacation in Italy for the next two weeks. I will be taking my microphone with me to pump out some post-gamers while I'm there, but obviously that can't happen while I'm actually in the air. So that game will be a missed one from me. Hopefully you are all still recovering from your holiday food comas and spending this time of the year enjoying your time with your loved ones and not worrying too much about a post-game show from me about the game against Miami. And hopefully your holidays and that game against Miami go a little better than this one did for the Timberwolves. This one started positively and I think throughout the night there were some real signs of a potential win, especially during the middle stages of the game, but eventually the Wolves kind of stumbled over their own feet and the Boston Celtics heated all the way up. The game ends with a 109-121 scoreline in favour of the Celtics and the Wolves drop their second straight game as they delve deeper into this gauntlet stretch on the road. And honestly, the, yeah, there were there was some really fun and really ugly parts of this game. Like the previous outing against Dallas, it was a night where a few minutes just destroyed the Wolves' chances. And once again, those few minutes happened to come at a vital time in the fourth quarter. But there is one big issue I want to dig into tonight. And that's why this episode's number is 10. As in the 10 points Minnesota were outstored by when Nas Reed and Rudy Gobert shared the floor together in this game. Let's take a break and dive deeper into that number. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
So as I said before the break, the Wolves were outstored by ten points in the minute that in the minutes that Chris Finch decided to pair Rudy Gobert with Nas Reed. By my count, it's hard to find those numbers, uh, those raw numbers on any website. But I went through, I watched the game obviously, and then went through and um, tallied those numbers myself. And by my count, the Celtics scored 40 points against that pairing and the Wolves scored 30 points with that pairing. So in the minutes where either Gobert or Reed played as a lone center, Minnesota were only outscored by two points, 79 to 81. And look, it's just, it's just something that isn't very unique to this game whatsoever. If you kind of pry open the big man on and off numbers for the season, with those two in mind or that pairing in mind, it paints a very similar picture. Let's let's go through some of the numbers from from all the bigs. We'll, we'll leave Towns out of it kind of for the moment, but with a focus on Gobert and Reed, this is what we get. In the 728 possessions that both Gobert and Reed have been off the floor, the Wolves have a zero a zero point nine net rating, so a plus zero point nine. It's not amazing but it is positive nonetheless. Those numbers probably aren't as important as the numbers where one of, the, one of the two are on the floor because really these two need to find a way to be on the floor, at least one of them at any time. And obviously, Chris Finch will want one of those two on the floor at any time, especially with Towns still out injured. So we're moving on. In the 684 possessions where Gobert is off the floor and Reed is on the floor, the Wolves have a plus 2.2 net rating. They're really not elite in any one area, but those Reed and non Bear lineups rank in the 68th percentile offensively and the 53rd percentile defensively. Again, not lineups that dominate on either end, but they do enough to grade out as pretty good in the total aggregate. Like a, a plus 2.2 net rating means they are outscoring their opponents by 2.2 points per 100 possessions and you know, outscoring your opponent by any amount of points per 100 possessions is a positive thing and will lead to winning basketball when those when that lineup is on the floor, obviously. So moving on to the lineups that don't feature Reed but do feature Gobert. And those lineups literally just break even. A 0.0 net rating in 1,569 possessions. So big, big sample size there. They're pretty much the personification of Gobert himself, right? They stink on offense to the tune of the 16th percentile, and they are fantastic on defense to the tune of the 88th percentile. They are a walking embodiment of Gobert himself. But then you hit the lineups with both of these lumbering big men, and those lineups have a minus 14.8 net rating, and that's coming from 190 possessions. Not a huge sample size, but they really are a car crash on offense, ranking ranking in the second percentile lead-wide. And while their defensive output isn't horrible at, 50, at the 58th percentile, they're just so bad offensively that they really can't salvage anything from that. Now, obviously, this is a problem, and it's a problem created by Nas Reed. Not because he is the sole reason these two can't play together or because he is not a good player in general, but the opposite. Because he is pretty consistently proving that he needs minutes because he is an ever-improving basketball player who is playing winning basketball and who is doing really good things on the floor. Right now, he is one of the Timberwolves' most consistent players 
and one of the most likely to kind of burst the game open with his big bag of offensive tricks. So that guy needs to play minutes. And whether you maybe rightfully think the Joe Bear trade sucked or will continue to suck, there is no getting around the fact that Joe Bear needs to play minutes as well. Throwing the fact that Carlton Towns also needs a big fat helping of minutes when he gets back. And at some, bo- at some point, these guys just need to play together. So Chris Finch needs to find a way to make this work. And this isn't a problem that is fixed when Cat is back. You know, like, somehow in the 103 possessions where Nas and Cat have shared the floor, it's gone even worse than the Nas and Rudy possessions. Those Cat and Nas minutes are currently stacked up at a minus 27.9 net rating, the zeroth percentile offensively, which I'm sure isn't even a word, and the second percentile defensively. Just an absolute two-way nightmare when Cat and Nas are out there together. Now, I'm not here to solve this issue because I really haven't put in the hours that I think it would need to even get close to solving it. But the fact is when Reed or Cat are the lone bigs, this team thrives. When Gobert is the lone big, they can break even and compete against pretty much anybody, especially if they really lean into that spread pick and roll and put shooters around Gobert. Whenever this team has two bigs on the floor, they suck. That's just how what that's how it is right now. There's no getting around that. There's no excuses to be made anymore. We're 33 games into the season, and the fact is that no matter what combination they try, Minnesota suck when they have two bigs on the floor. And right now, that is obviously a huge indictment on the trade. And this game felt like another hammer into the nails that are poking out of this coffin of, you know, Tim Conley's first big move. Whenever Finch tried to steal some minutes with both Gobert and Reed on the floor, it quickly went awry. Boston played it well. Obviously, they're a very good team, but it really shed a light on either of those bigs' ability to either guard in space or oscillate between the low man and corner shooter positions defensively, usually in one play and usually within a second or two of each other. Both of them just aren't either alert enough, don't have a good enough defensive IQ to be playing that role, and also just aren't quick enough. They're just too big to do it. And even more obviously, it just seems to diminish both of their games offensively, whether no matter what combination of big men are out there, even when Towns is there, seems like everyone is taking too much of a sacrifice offensively. Gobert is pretty obviously consistently underwhelming offensively, even with the fact that his teammates do ignore him too often. But Reed is dynamite with the ball in his hands, and the team is really good offensively around him when Gobert isn't one of those teammates that are out there next to him. With Gobert there, it just doesn't work. Once again, it just doesn't work. I don't know what the solutions are. They're just not there right now in terms of, you know, light just like stopping doing this. Gobert is going to play. When Towns gets back, he's going to play. Nas Reed is playing so well that it's malpractice not to play him. They've got to figure it out and they have to do it quickly. Whether they do or they don't, I will be here to discuss it after a quick break for the Miami game. I will be coming to you from undisclosed live locations in Italy for the next few weeks. I hope you'll be there too.